I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. Chris Aubeck is one of the best writers and scholars dealing with the UFO topics in the world, and we're thrilled to welcome him to the Coast to Coast program for the first time. Chris, great to have you here. Hey, hi. Good morning from Spain. <laughs> Good, <laughs> Good morning. To talk to you again. It's, uh, it's, it's great to have you here. And uh, so this project, uh, you know, I read in the beginning how, how it started, I think, 22 years ago, 21 years ago. Uh, what, what was the impetus for it? Well, um, firstly, the, uh, about 22 years ago, I set up the Magonia Exchange Group, which is a, it's, it's a small community of about 100, between 100 and 200 members on the internet, which is comprised of like, um, authors, researchers, even uni- university professors who are dedicated to looking for clues in, um, like uh, newspaper archives and and old books from the 18th, 19th century, um, to see how far back the UFO phenomenon actually goes. So about 20 years ago, uh, I decided to to find out whether our ancestors had the same beliefs as we do today, whether they also believed that um, we live in a populated universe, um, which was full of planets, of um, full of intelligent beings, and whether those beings were visiting us. Because what I realized was that most of the information that, that we know about comes from scientists who, who left um, a written record of their philosophical beliefs on the subject of a plurality of inhabited worlds. And they never really speculated about whether beings from elsewhere visited us or not. But the guy in the street, normal people, farmers, uh, shopkeepers, uh, bartenders, um, they did have opinions. And curiously enough, I found that they did believe that um, beings from other planets were visiting us. That is to say, um, around the time of the, of the American Civil War, people had very, very similar ideas about the universe and our place in it. 
um, as we do today. And I decided that that's worth writing a book about. And uh, that's what I've been doing over the last 20 years, piecing all that together. Well, it's an amazing uh, amount of research that went into this. There are a couple of hints that you drop in this volume one that you spent a heck of a lot of your youth in libraries and dusty old archives going through books. I, I can't imagine uh, that there are a lot of people in the world who would uh, would spend so much time and at that such a young age doing that. Well, yeah, I've been building my my own collection of, of UFO cuttings since I was uh, about 15 years old, and now I'm 51. And um, during this time, uh, I've I've amassed what I believe to be the largest collection of historical UFO reports in, in the world, and this has been an an invaluable resource to 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 get to the bottom of this to find out when ufology was actually born. Uh, so through my group, Magonia Exchange, uh, we've we've collected over forty thousand cuttings uh, since we we started in April. 2003. And then I've also been sent um, other researchers, entire collections of cases. And of course, when I add add this to what I've been collecting myself since I was uh, a young man in England, um, it's just a huge amount of data. So over the last over the last ten years or so, I've I've withdrawn from uh, sort of actively posting about it uh, through my group or online. And just trying to to work out exactly what happened, how it evolved, and the conclusions are really interesting because uh, even even though you can see how ufology has evolved um, both culturally, almost as a literary phenomenon, it doesn't negate the existence of, of UFOs. Of course, it just it just means that we have to be quite careful. Um, not to reinvent the wheel, because 150 years ago, we were saying basically the same things. <laughs> you know, a lot of people, you've heard the argument uh, over the years that uh, a lot of what we think of as real with UFOs and aliens came from Hollywood. You know, that every time there's a new alien invasion movie comes out that comes out, that uh, it causes spikes in UFO reports. But in fact, uh, as you've learned and as you documented very well, uh, this story, this basic story, has been around a really long time. How far back does it go? Well, you can go back to, well, it's a, it, it depends on, on whether we're talking about a belief in extraterrestrials in general, the idea of, um, of a plurality of inhabited worlds, or the idea that maybe they are actually visiting us, or that they, they, they have that capacity. So the, the theory that um, we live in an, an, in an inhabited universe started in ancient Greece. Uh, in fact, um, the ancient Greeks uh, had a school called um, atomism, um, which was founded by Lucipus and Democritus in, in, in the 5th century BC. And they believed there were many solar systems like ours. And they said that um, most of these solar systems would contain living things like ourselves. And all of this was because they, they reached the conclusion that uh, at a microscopic level, all of matter was uh, composed of atoms, and that the same the same patterns would be replicated throughout the universe. 
um, which is incredible in itself, because, of course, they didn't have microscopes at the time. There was no way to prove it. And that, of course, meant that the, the, the this, this whole school of thought uh, didn't last very long because uh, they, just, they just couldn't prove any of it. But that, that's the conclusion they reached. Then um, over the next uh, 500, 600 years, there was a certain amount of uh, speculation about life on the moon, life on other planets. Then when you get to um, medieval times, when you, when you reach the, the, the Christian period, uh, theologians um, weren't happy about the idea that we were living in a, in a, in a highly populated universe because they preferred to believe the, the, that God had created the Earth as a, as a unique um, thing as as a, we, we were totally unique in in the cosmos, uh, and so it was almost prohibited to to talk about the possibility of life uh, outside outside the Earth. But then, um, in the year twelve seventy seven, um, a bishop in in Paris decided that um, well, we we shouldn't be trying to put limits on on God's creativity and we shouldn't expect god to to let us know if he has built other other worlds and other uh, planets so um let's accept that maybe maybe other other life exists in space so after that after that meeting they had in paris uh, in the 13th century uh, theologians started talking about it again and that was the case for, for several hundred years uh, there was lots of debate in 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 the church uh, at all levels about whether uh, jesus christ had uh, incarnated on multiple planets maybe had died an infinite number of times to save to save mankind from from uh, some kind of primeval sin, and um, then around the 16th century, uh, people started writing science fiction about this kind of topic. But then around the 17th century, 18th century, that became a lot more serious, and it seems that uh, that that was around the time that um, there was serious speculation about whether life could be visit- visiting us uh, from other planets, whether we were receiving um, delegations of, of visitors from, from Mars and so on, uh, particularly the moon at that time, of course, that was the, the planet of choice. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club! Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Yeah, the moon was the big one. I I was amazed by how many of the the biggest names in the history of science were uh, weighed in on this. I mean, you have Aristotle early on not being uh, a proponent of it, but Cicero and Plutarch, you say, were open to the idea of life, I think, on the moon. And and there were some pretty colorful accounts of what that life might look like. Uh, That far back, what were they speculating about? Yeah, exactly. Um, so at, the, at that time, uh, a lot of people used the word planet to, dis- to describe the moon. And um, that, that's quite interesting because that way they could envision uh, a moon with um, valleys and forests and, and buffalo roaming, roaming the plains and so on. I mean, um, there's a, a professor emeritus of humanities at the University of Notre Dame, Michael J. Crow, who noted that during the Enlightenment period, uh, most intellectuals participated in the debate over extraterrestrial life, and the vast majority of them favored the idea of a plurality of worlds. So you have scientists like Galileo Galilei, who deduced that life on the moon would be very different from life on Earth, and uh, Rene Descartes, who who said that, that God could have created wonderful beings everywhere. And there were so many books published on this, on this topic. I, I, I could say that there are probably more books um, about extraterrestrial life uh, on the, in, the, in the local bookshop uh, in the 18th century than, than, you'll, than you'll find these days. It's an <laughs> um, amazing time, you know. I, I thought some of the most entertaining uh, anecdotes and incidents that you dug up were of people, writers uh, in, the, in those eras, who used the idea of people on the moon or other planets uh, in in terms of, as literary devices and also uh, as sarcasm. Yeah, that's right. Because um, what happened was that when it was it, when 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 scientists reached the conclusion that meteorites really could come from from outer space and weren't just carried by the wind from volcanoes on Earth. That was the the, the original theory. Um, this opened up a whole new um, sort of genre of, of of speculation, science fiction, satire, and a lot more like that. Uh, people said, "Well, you know, if meteorites can come from other planets, if if that meteorite formed part of." Um, of a planet that exploded or had been on the side of a, of a volcano that, that erupted and was shot off into space, maybe any temples, houses, people, cemeteries built around that volcano um, could also have ended up flying through the solar system and coming to Earth. So there was a period in the 19th century when... Um, they use the, the the idea of of the ex, of an extraterrestrial being um, to as, as a kind of offensive way to describe people who are slightly different, who uh, <laughs> maybe of a different color, of a 
different religion, um, who just dress differently, and they'd say, "Well, this guy looks like he's just come down from from Jupiter. This this guy looks like he's just come out of a meteorite from from Mars." So um, it was at the beginning of the 19th century that um, this started to, to to happen when when people started saying, "Well." maybe strange people really are from other planets. Um, it, it was also a period when when um, satirists started saying, well, the president might be from another planet because his opinions are very strange or his policies don't make any sense. Uh, and they started inventing tales about, about uh, spaceships that had landed uh, in Tenerife or in... in Anywhere, to be honest, there's um, there, there are lots of stories about strange uh, spaceships from from the moon, from Mars, from Venus that landed in big cities. Um, that way, they could explain um, why local politicians uh, were so strange and had such absurd ideas. So it, it it became a very big topic, and it, it was it was something that uh, everybody joined in. It was, um, I mean, practically everybody had an opinion about about extraterrestrials at the time. You know, one of the things that uh, pops up in modern UFO books, they, they want to make an argument that science can often be wrong. They, they will point out that for uh, a long time, even as recently as I think the 1700s, uh, scientists, leading scientists, did not believe that rocks could fall from the sky. You mentioned that they, they thought maybe they were spewed by uh, volcanoes or something like that. They just couldn't believe it. And then, of course, you know, people living out in the country and in rural areas whose opinions didn't carry much weight, they keep telling them these things are real, they're coming out of the sky, and eventually science changed its mind. You, you make the point in, the, in this book about many times about leading scientists of their eras who have what, uh, what, pretty wacky theories about uh, what was going on, people living on the sun, for example, and, and other things that we know uh, now are absolutely preposterous. Yeah, it's uh, it's quite interesting. I mean, um, there's this theory in the 18th century that the sun could be inhabited. And the idea was even presented as evidence in a court case in 1787 involving a scientist called Dr. John Elliot, who had shot, perhaps accidentally, um, a young woman on the streets of London. And his defense lawyer said he was insane. And anyone who didn't think so could look at his work about life on the sun. And the fact is, this, this theory was not uncommon at the time, and it was it was proposed by notable scientists such as uh, Sir Frederick William Herschel, the the man who discovered uh, Ur- uh, Uranus. And um, it's interesting because um, when I was uh, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen years old, I used to talk to um, a British author of ancient astronaut books, uh, W. Raymond Drake who lived in, in Sunderland. And he, he wrote um, many of the first um, books on this topic before Eric von Daniken did. And uh, I used to call him on the phone, and we used to chat for a while. And he told me once that um, he believed that uh, there was life on the sun and that uh, some UFOs came from the sun. This is a very, very old idea, the idea being that the center of the sun is, is completely cool, and um, what we what what radiates um, all of the energy and heat is just a, a kind of um, aura that's that's around the sun that um, 
somehow UFOs must penetrate it if they if they come to Earth, uh, but it doesn't allow us to see what's happening there. So this is a, um, a three or even 400-year-old idea that survived till the 20th century. In, in fact, if you pick up um, a copy of um, W. Raymond Drake's uh, 1964 book, Gods, Gods and Spacemen, I think God's all spacemen. Um, he has a chapter on on life on the sun. Uh, yeah, there are a lot of very interesting theories floating around at the time, and that's why I say sometimes. I mean, there, there were probably there was probably more speculation about extraterrestrial life three hundred years ago than than there is today. You have so many great uh, excerpts and uh, entertaining uh, pieces taken from books, newspaper articles from uh, all over Europe. It must be pretty handy to be able to speak Spanish and read French and, and English as well. And I can just imagine you going through, sifting through these dusty old archives and coming across treasures that no one else has ever found before or for a well, couple hundred true. years. That's, <laughs> that's why these days I've got to wear glasses, I think. Uh, the <laughs> same thing uh, happened to Charles Ford in his day. Uh, he used to spend um, hours and hours sitting in the... Uh, in the in, in the libraries in London and New York, uh, going through old newspapers and taking notes. Of course, these days I, I just uh, take a photo on the on the mobile phone, or I, I make a note on the laptop. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern, and go to coasttocoastam.com for more. I'm Katia Adler, host of the Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing, and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.